Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. God. 
Let's look at something here in the Word of the Lord, if you will. Colossians, no, 1 Corinthians, excuse me. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. And this kind of reminded me, well, I'm not going to go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 says, But of him you are in Christ. Of him you are in Christ Jesus. Of him you are in Christ Jesus. Of who? Of God. Then if you were born again believing and you listened to me uh, this afternoon, then just say, I am in Christ Jesus. How did you get there? The scripture says, but of him, but of God, you are in Christ Jesus. But of God, EJ, is in Christ Jesus. Now watch this here. In Christ Jesus, then he goes on to say, who became for us. Who became for us. I'm in Christ, and this Christ Jesus that I am in, he became something for me. Now, if he became something for me, I shouldn't have to strive to obtain what he became. He already became it for me. So therefore, if he became it, then why am I still seeking it? If he became it for me, why am I still praying for it? If he became it, why am I still fasting for it? And this is how Satan manipulates. Satan probably comes to prayer meetings probably more than anything else. Because our prayers expose what we really believe. Many times, not all the time, but many times. Listen to this, if you will. Once again. But of him, of God, you are in Christ Jesus. Every born again believer. Who became for us. Who became for us. Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, became for us. Then he began to name what Christ became for us. He became wisdom from God. He became righteousness from God. He became sanctification. He became redemption. Now, let's break this down because my desire is for all of us to go into the blast off and really there is absolutely nothing that has been assigned or designed to block, stop, or hinder you and I. Because I want to read another scripture in the book of Ephesians to back this up to help you and I see just how awesome and dynamic you really are. Think about it. You was made in the image and the likeness of God. The Bible says you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. He turns around here in the first Corinthians chapter one, verse 30. But of him, but of God, you and I are in Christ Jesus. Now, this same God turns around and makes this Christ Jesus wisdom for me, righteousness for me, sanctification for me, and he made him redemption for me. 
Think about that, if you will. Now, if that is the case, if God, and he did, the word of God cannot be altered, cannot be changed, and it cannot fail. He made this Christ Jesus wisdom for me. He made him what? Wisdom for what? For me. Then do I have wisdom? Absolutely. Because he made Christ wisdom for me. Do I need righteousness? Do I need to pray and ask God to make me more righteous? If I do, it is a revelation that I have denied myself and I have denied Christ Jesus. You say, how in the world could that be? Because God made, because of God, you and I are in Christ Jesus. Because of God, you and I are where? In, in Christ Jesus. Now, let's look at it. Let's make it practical. I have a bottle. It's a green bottle that I'm looking at at this present time. And it has has water on the inside. Let's see Jesus Christ is the green bottle. And I am inside of him. Now Christ Jesus, who is the green bottle, God made him something for me and put me in him. God made this Christ Jesus wisdom for me. God made this green bottle, which is Christ Jesus, righteousness for me. God made this Christ Jesus sanctification for me. Another word for sanctification is holy. So you've really been made holy. And then the last one, redemption. And he made this Christ Jesus redemption for me. Now, he put me in the bottle. He put me in Christ, who is, who God made these things for me. Now, I'm inside of Christ, who is all of these things for me. Now, what if I go and pray to this God who made Jesus these things for me? How many of you have gathered together with me today have ever prayed for wisdom? I have. Then some of the scholars that's on the, uh, with us today would say, well, did not James says, if any man likes wisdom, let him pray, for, pray to God, who give it liberally and upbraid it not. That's what the scripture says. Scripture always interpretates itself. Think about it. If this scripture is real, a James is uh, real. A James is false. A James is false, this scripture is real. Scripture always interpretates itself. It's the reason why he said that if any man liketh wisdom, let him ask God, there's no believer that is liking wisdom. No believer is liking wisdom. Now, I didn't say there's no believer that is not appropriating wisdom. 
See, you cannot appropriate what you don't know that you have. Think about it. You're asking God for something that you already have. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received wisdom. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received righteousness. The moment you received him, you received sanctification, a holiness, and you receive redemption, and really you receive more than that. You receive divine health. God made him divine health for you and I. God made Jesus love for you and I. God made Jesus peace for you and I. He made him good. He made him kind. He made him humility for us. He made him compassion for us. And I'm going somewhere with all of this, ladies and gentlemen. Because one of the things that's been a hindrance is the erroneous belief system that's been developed as a result of our preaching and our teaching and our listening to different messages Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me. Satan already knows God has made Christ these things for you and I. He already knows it. Now, if Christ has made these things for you, then who are you? Don't just think about it. If the Father has made Jesus, all of these things I just named, once again, my question is, who are you? I'm going to tell you who you are. You are wisdom. You are righteousness. You are sanctification. You are redemption. You are love. You are peace. You are joy. You are all of these things. Because whatever Christ is, you are. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, part B, is that as he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. As he is now, is not going to be. It is that as he was, as he is. Well, how is he? Well, the Bible says he's sitting at the right hand of the uh, Father right now, forever making intercession for us. He was raised in authority, raised in power. The Bible said when he was raised from the dead, he rose, was risen with all authority. How much all authority in the heavens and in the earth. Now, the scripture clearly tells us that God has made you and I to sit with him in heavenly places. Sent the right hand of the Father, is that heavenly place? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, one of the frustrations with the majority of Christians, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear these kinds of things, I'm going to tell you why it does not have any effect on the majority of us. Because we're listening to this, but we don't have the revelation of this. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. If the Holy Spirit does not unfold what I am saying, I made a statement a couple of Sundays ago, whenever uh, whenever it was the last time I ministered, uh, I think it was a couple of Sundays ago, about three Sundays, two, going on two Sundays, no, three Sundays, Ago, 
I made a statement uh, in the word of the Lord when I was ministering. I lost my train of thought now with the statement I was getting ready to make. But one of the problems here, thank you, Holy Spirit, is revelation. All revelation is an unfolding by the Holy Spirit. As I'm sharing with you, I'm going to tell you how this thing's supposed to work. You're listening to me, but the Holy Spirit on the inside of you should be teaching you as you're listening. This is how it really works. The same John says, you need no man to teach you for you have an unction from the Holy Spirit. So people will listen to that and say, well, I don't have to go to no church. I don't have to uh, 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 listen to no message. I don't have to need no pastor. Because the Holy Spirit is my teacher, but it don't work that way. Who's articulating through me? The Holy Spirit. Who is to give you understanding and enlightenment and revelation and inspiration as I'm sharing? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit teaches through the man, and the Holy Spirit teaches the man who's receiving from the Holy Spirit through a man or a woman. So he teaches. That's how everything works. But if you're being taught or you're comprehending from your natural mind, then the Holy Spirit is not teaching. And so a lot of people don't know how to shift from the natural to the spiritual, from the intellect to the mind of the spirit. The moment that a man or woman of God begin to articulate, open up their mouth, you need to learn how to shift from external to internal, from hearing with your natural mind to hearing internally. He lives within. He teaches within. He reveals from within, not without, within. So therefore, you are everything that Christ is at this present time. Not the Christ that became impregnated by Mary. Not even the Christ that walked on water, that raised the dead. You're not like him. You are like the one that rose from the dead with all authority in heaven and in earth. That's who you are. You are made just like him. The moment you became born again, you became just like him, who is just like God. Are you getting this? And this is what makes you so powerful and say to know it. I'm going to be doing a teaching, uh, got it before the Lord now, where he want me to release this, the difference between dominion, authority, and power. And you need to get this. Maybe i share a little bit with you now. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, the scripture clearly says he rose with all authority. Now the King James said all power. 
Now, think about it. He rules with all what? Authority. All what? Authority. Which one is greater? Power, authority, or dominion? Which one do you believe or think is greater? Dominion, authority, power, power, authority, dominion. Which one? It has to be dominion. Why? Because the only person that has dominion is a sovereign. And a sovereign delegates authority. Since he rules with all authority, then he must have dominion. The Bible calls him the last what? Adam. There's a first Adam, there's a last, there's got to be a first. Now, what was the charge that God gave the first man, Adam, when he created him in his image and his likeness? The charge was to have what? Dominion. Dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. That means he had ultimate authority. Just like Jesus rules with all authority in heaven and in earth, Adam had ultimate authority, not in the heavens, but he did in the earth. The first man, Adam, was a living soul. The last man, Adam, a quickening spirit or a life-giving spirit. So therefore, he had ultimate authority. Adam was considered the sovereign over all of the earth. That's why God said, take dominion. It didn't say excess authority. It take dominion and subdue it. Dominion and subdue. Dominion and subdue. He is the ultimate authority. Now, if that being true, that Jesus rules with all authority in heaven and in earth, and it is true, Matthew 28 tells us that, and if 1 John 4, uh, 17, the part B is true, and it is true, as he is, so are we, as he is, so are we, interesting. Only a sovereign can have dominion, and he rules with all authority. Then my question would be to you, are you a sovereign? Do you have dominion or do you have authority? Since he have it all, what do you have? Authority or dominion? Well, what do the word of God says? The Bible says that Jesus in Timothy, Jesus is the only true potentate. A potentate is a sovereign. A potentate is a what? A sovereign. He said the only true potentate, then he goes on to say, king of kings and lord of lords. Interesting. Capital K, small K. Capital L, small L. But who is the king? Christ Jesus the king. 
And who is the kings? We are. Who is the Lord? He is. Who is the small lords? We are. Then if he is a potentate, you're a potentate. Interesting. What about another scripture? Romans 8. I believe it's 8. Yeah. The Bible tells us that you and I are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We're an heir of God and a co-heir. We share in Christ's inheritance, joint heir, heir of God, because we're sons of God. God has given all inheritance. Oh, I want to put it that way. Christ has inherited all of God's creation. Scripture tells us in the book of Hebrews, tells us in Ephesians, tells us that also in 1 Corinthians 15. And you and I, ladies and gentlemen, is an heir and a joint heir. Then, that means, kings have dominion. Princes have authority. Because princes and prince, princes and princesses, they get their level and measure of authority from the sovereign, the king. You and I have been made kings. You and I have been made lords. You and I have made to share in the inheritance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Then if that be true then, if I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ, everything that Christ is, I am, according to 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Do you really realize and understand how awesome and dynamic you are and how special you are? But I know some of you say, but I don't feel it. I don't feel like I'm special. It doesn't matter what you feel. You are. And you will never walk in it if the Holy Spirit don't unveil, remove the scales from your eyes. Go ahead and speak that. Lay your hands on your eyes as I command the scales to be removed from my eyes now in Jesus' name. Ask the Spirit of God to lift a veil from your heart. Now, if this is being true, and it is true, then why we are not walking in what God made Christ for us? Why we're not experiencing this? Once again, scales. Once again, veils. You are, but you don't know. You hear it, but it passes over your mind, and we feel good because we know some information, but we will not allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into a manifestation. I was meeting with someone today, and they shared with me about a, a preacher from another country. Uh, I, uh he made this statement in this conference recently. They was at this conference. 
it was talking uh, paraphrasing how what the, the preacher said about the majority of Americas is what's the word I can use here? I was going to use gullible, but uh, they have no expectations. Is what uh, the preacher was sharing in this conference. The average America, we don't see great things happening in America. You don't see great signs, wonders, and miracles happening in, in America like it is in other con- countries because the average America uh, have no expectation. I agree when they was sharing this with me. And it said, they just receive anything. Anything that appeared to be revelation, uh, uh, they inspired by, they just receive anything. No high expectations. And that's why you see this church in the weak state that it's in. Now, I never heard the preacher preach. I know of this preacher. But I've been saying this kind of stuff for years and 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 years. Know why? It has nothing to do with the church in America. Everything to do with the leadership of the church in America. We have set such low standards. And we pride ourselves on the information that we know, but not the Christ that we should be knowing. We satisfied. So great things, we talk about great things, but great things isn't happening. We're not experiencing great things because of the low expectation. This is what we share with me today. I agree. I agree. Now, we have to discern motive behind why people say what they say uh, many times as well. But that's another story, but that ain't the case. But this is, this, regardless of the motive, the statement is true. All we got to do is look around us. The majority of Americans, uh, Christians, uh, is made in the image and the likeness of God. The ab- Not the average. Every born-again believer in America is made in the image and the likeness of God. Every born-again believer is the righteousness of God. Every born-again believer is the wisdom of God. It's the sanctification of God. It's the redemption of God. Every born-again believer is all of these things. But we walk with our head down. We walk oppressed. We walk depressed. There's really uh, no joy. Uh, there's a lot of carnality. But why? When we are made in the image and the likeness of God, no revelation. We have we are so inundated with information, and we believe that is revelation, and the average person has never encountered Christ. The average Christian, average Christian, they give their life to Christ uh, because somebody asked them, or they give their life to Christ. It was in a meeting. They felt the conviction. They gave their life to someone that they don't know. The majority of Christians in, in other countries uh, uh, have encountered and experienced Christ in a real way. Because they didn't seek a healing. They didn't seek a blessing. They sought Christ. And the healing came. The blessing came. Are you seeing the difference? I don't have to seek wisdom when I have wisdom. You have wisdom, yes. And wisdom is not something that is abstract. Wisdom is a person. 
When you have Christ, you have wisdom. But the problem is that I can have him without a revelation of him as wisdom. And how would you and I know that I believe Christ is my wisdom when I'm put in a situation? When I'm put in a situation, who is the first person I'm going to call out to? Who's the first person I call out to? Is it Christ in me, the hope of glory? Or is it a human being? All of this is vital, ladies and gentlemen, for you and I to to understand this, for you and I to begin to walk in the full counsel of God in the earth realm. Signs, wonders, and notable miracles is breaking out all over the world. But what about here in America? What about in your life and my life? And only can break loose, ladies and gentlemen. I can flow in my gifts, or I can flow in life. There's a distinction between flowing in a gift and flowing in life. You and I have the life of Christ on the inside of us, and we release that life to humanity. We have to release that life to humanity. And you know something that's fascinating to me as well? We go from meeting to meeting, meeting to meeting, meeting to meeting, meeting to meeting. And uh, and sometimes we get so frustrated and aggravated. Can I tell you why I believe we get uh, frustrated and aggravated? Because when you go to a meeting, God is really trying to show you you. I'm going to show you how just how dynamic you are. I was sharing uh, why it's on my mind. I totally forgot about to mention this in the beginning. We're going to be at a, a, a uh, doing a meeting starting um, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in Margate uh, at uh, Apostle LUS Church, Rivers of Living Waters. <clears throat> I don't accept too many meetings or engagements um, because trying to really stay focused at home. But those of you that can come be with us will be at Rivers of Living Waters. Uh, and a lot of people at church service on Wednesday, so Thursday and Friday, if you can be there Thursday and Friday. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Uh, the next point I want to bring out is the point of of God has really tried to reveal you to you. When God sent Jesus in the earth realm and we saw all the signs, wonders, and notable miracles that were wrought by Jesus, what God really was trying to articulate to humanity, not so much humanity, but to Israel, this is you. This is you. And then God uh, began to inspire men to write the word of the living God. The Old Testament is already written during Jesus' day. After Jesus died, uh, then God began to canonize the New Testament or began to formulate uh, the New Testament. And men wrote as it was inspired by the Spirit of the living God. And so, therefore, we got Matthew, got Mark, Luke, and John uh, talking about the life of Christ. Uh, and they wrote it as they was inspired by the Spirit of God to write uh, the dimension of the life of Christ as they witnessed it. And as they begin to write that, really the purpose of writing Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is to really show us the last man, Adam, what Adam, how Adam should have functioned before Adam sinned. And not only Adam, but all the humanity, because humanity came from Adam, showing us who we really are. I gave a charge to uh, 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 a congregation, uh, and that was my leadership. I said, I want you to begin to read the Gospels. 
And as you're reading the Gospels, everywhere you see Jesus speak, stop and see yourself saying what he's saying. Everywhere you see Jesus doing something, stop. See yourself doing the thing. See yourself turning water into wine. See yourself raising Lazarus from the dead. See yourself. Hear yourself and see yourself. See yourself walking on the water. See yourself rebuking the storm. See someone touching the hem of your garment and they and and the uh, disease is dried up. You you see yourself because as he is, so are we. I personally believe if you begin to do that and you discipline yourself, I believe your life will be transformed. I believe your life will be transformed, and I personally believe that you will begin to encounter the spirit of the living God in a way and a dimension that you have never experienced before as you begin to see yourself. And that is the key, ladies and gentlemen. See, I can preach, I can teach, I can prophesy, I can lay hands on the sick. I can do all those things from gifting, but never been developed myself. My gift has been developed. My talent has been developed. My skill has been developed. But E.J. McKenzie, have I been developed into the image of Christ? In the image of Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. As the scripture clearly says, and think of Romans 8 as well, as we behold him, we shall be changed into the very same image from glory to glory. As we behold him, we shall be changed. As we behold him, we shall be changed. So then what is the key then? Then the key is developing the internal image of who I really am in God. Everything operates from an internal image. Satan, understand that. Now know what the scripture says about in 2 Corinthians 44, how the God of this world has blinded the mind. Then if my mind has been blinded, I could never get an adequate image of who I really am. Who God made me. I can never have that image. So what image do you really have of yourself? Do you have an image of victory of yourself? Do you have an image of being more than a conqueror? Do you have an image of an overcomer? Do you have an image of signs, wonders, and notable miracles breaking out everywhere you go? Do you have an image of restoration of yourself? God using you as an instrument on the channel to restore people back to who they really are in God. What image do you really have of yourself? I did a teaching years ago, years and years ago on faith, and I was sharing some principles uh, uh, about faith and prayer, faith and prayer, how it, uh, how it operates and um, cooperate together. If you... Uh, desire a thing. Now, know what the scripture says in Mark eleven twenty four. This is this is very important uh, because we in a state right now. God give us some confessions, and uh, I begin to put some confession together and having the people to to do this for twenty one days straight. Now, but this is the key for the confession to work. Now, the Bible clearly tells us in the book of Hebrews to hold fast to the confession of our faith. The confession of what? Our faith. Can you have faith for a thing that you don't have an image of or have never seen? It's almost kind of impossible. 
Now, look what Mark eleven twenty four says. Whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. How many ever received a prophetic word? And you believe in God for the fulfillment of that word. Let me ask you this question here. Have you seen yourself in the image? Have you seen the image of your prophetic word? Have you, is it clear to you, the image of the thing? It's just like desire. What's the thing you desire? And notice how the, how the scripture breaks it down. You don't pray until you desire. You pray out of desire. What's the thing you desire when you pray? Believe what? That you what? Receive them and what's going to happen? And you shall have them. Now, let me put, make it more practical to you. Before I close the meeting, well, we had, uh, uh, one of our ministers ministered yesterday, dynamic, dynamic, dynamic message, excuse me, uh, excellent message uh, that she ministered on love. Very powerful message. You should really get that message. I think it will be a blessing to you. Now, she began to, no, I was going somewhere else on on, on that. So I'm picking up things as I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm picking up things while we were sharing, and, and some of you all that's on the line is, is coming before me, certain things is coming before me. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking and I'm looking at the same time. But going back to desire and image, you could never, ever uh, uh, pray and receive because if you don't have an image of it, it's going to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's not going to be clear. That's not the word I'm looking for. It's not going to be clear. And then if it's fragmented, then how could God ever give that to you? What's the thing you desire? Vague, that was the word I'm looking for. What's the thing you desire? If it's vague, if you cannot tell me and describe it to me, most likely you're not going to get it, and most likely it's not biblical desire. What's the thing you desire? What's the thing you desire? Well, I knew I was going about yesterday. Before we closed out on yesterday, we prayed for people with jobs. God put them in my spirit. That's what he does for me from time. He'll call certain people things out. When God calls a thing out, that's what God wants to manifest. And, and let me share this with you. And, and, and if you really look at the scripture in, in its entirety and understand dispensations, the dispensation of the Old Testament, the dispensation of... Uh, the fulfillment of the Old Testament, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the, and the dispensation of the New Testament, which start with the book of Acts. If you look at this, different laws that governs each one of those dispensations. It really is. If you would notice certain things that Jesus said in the gospel, but you never hear Paul, Peter, James, John articulate. Like the Lord's Prayer. You never hear them talking about the Lord's Prayer. You never hear them praying the Lord's Prayer. 
There's certain things. When Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. You never hear Paul pray in a prayer about binding and loosing, nor Peter. Is it false? Absolutely not. But what's the, what's the difference? Because certain things that Jesus articulated, he articulated under the law. Understand that Jesus had to, had to live and fulfill the law. So he had to live up under the law to so fulfill the law. So when it came down to when it comes down to the new covenant, the New Testament, you don't see Paul, Peter. James, John, those are the four main authors of the epistles of the New Testament, which starts with the book of Acts. You don't, you don't, you don't see a lot of things, uh, 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 them praying or talking what Jesus did. Because really, Jesus, when he died and rose again, he fulfilled basically everything. So the New Testament is really it is an acting out of what Jesus really did accomplish with death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement. Now, think about this right here. This, this, is, this is beautiful. The Bible talks about, Jesus talks about whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And he, he began to mention that. Now, we see Paul, when, he's talk, when he talks about prayer and talk about principalities and power, He's speaking about them from a position, an exalted position, an exalted position. He's speaking about them from a position that we've been highly exalted above them, so he's speaking about them from that perspective. And Jesus is really speaking from under the law perspective, something that some things he's, he's, he's foretelling. We've got to understand that. It's very important that we understand that. But when it comes down to prayer and even with desire, Paul makes a statement, a very astonishing statement in the Word of God in the book of in, in Corinthians. He was telling the Corinthian church, he said, he said, all things is yours. All things is yours. But there's a way that you activate what is yours, how it is released from the heavens into the earth realm. And everything works on this principle. You've got to have a clear image, ladies and gentlemen, and that's what desire talking about there in Mark eleven twenty four. What's the thing you desire when you pray? What do you desire about yourself? What do you desire about your spouse and your children? What do you desire about your ministry? What do you desire about your whatever, your job, your business? Now, when we got ready to pray for the people before we close, the Spirit of God led me to pray for those that desire employment. Now, if everyone that came up and I prayed for, I really didn't pray for, but again, to speak and release and commanded to be released to them, if all of those, my prayer is that they do understand, if all of them understood that the very job that they're asking for was already theirs. And see, that's the power of this thing, ladies and gentlemen, know who you are and what God has accomplished for you and I. Put it this way, I personally believe that there should not be that one born-again believer that does not have a job or does not have some kind of income coming in or having what, because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to us. Everything belongs to us. So if I need a job, so not just having a job, now what's the desire? What's everything you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. 
Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Otherwise, so what's the thing you desire? Pray for it. I'm praying from the perspective that I believe that I receive. I already have it. He says, believe that you receive it and you shall. Not my, you shall have it. Now, the key is, if I desire it, can I tell it? Can I describe it? If you cannot describe it, you really don't desire it. You've got to be able to get a clear biblical picture, a heavenly picture in your heart and your mind concerning the thing that you desire. Let me give you another scripture to back that up. It's coming in my spirit at this present time. The Bible says, let every word be established by what? Two or three witnesses. Philippians 4 and verse 6. I hope I quote this correctly. Uh, how does scripture go? Uh, Lord God, I had it, and I'm, it's leaving me. Come back, come back, come back, come back. Uh, oh, God. Philippians 4. I might as well go ahead and turn to it. <sighs> and I quote the scripture verbatim. Um, talks about not fretting, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. King David, be careful for nothing. Be what? Careful or anxious for what? Nothing. Why? Anxiety, ladies and gentlemen, is a revelation that I'm, I don't believe. Anxiety is a revelation that I do not believe. So he says, be careful for nothing. Don't fret about a thing. Don't be worried about a thing. He said, he said but everything by prayer and supplication, let your what? Request be made known to God. Let your what? Request be made known to God. When you listen to people pray from time to time, sometimes I know your spirit got to be cringing on the inside because they're telling God about everything but the request. And that's why a lot of people do not receive uh, 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 the manifestation of their prayers. And, and, and some people do receive, but they, it's, it's, they're receiving it, but they don't realize and understand what they're receiving is not what they really desire Know why? Because you are talking to God about everything but your desire. You're talking to God about your husband, how no good he is. You're talking to God about how bad your children are. You're talking to God about how you hate this job. You're talking to God how they, these people are persecuting you. And that's not what the scripture tells you to do. It don't tell you that. It says, be careful for nothing. Let me read it out of the uh, Amplified Version, if you will. Uh, it just turned on me here. Okay. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, but in every circumstance, but in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. 
Definite what? Request. Definite what? Request. Now, when I'm telling God how people lying on me, how people persecuted me, how people talking about me, how people doing all this, can you imagine how God's heart must be hurt because you are releasing things out of your mouth, telling God about things he already knows? He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He says, definite request. Don't tell God what is going on. Tell God what you want what is going on to be. Tell him what you want it. God, is, things are so hard. Then tell him you want things to be a little easier. Why are you telling things is hard? Tell him, Lord, I thank you for peace. I desire peace. But why are you telling him about the chaos? It didn't say, tell me about your problems. It says, tell me what you want. Definite requests. Let your petition be made known to him. Definite requests. Don't tell him you're tired of walking and catching a bus. Tell him, Father, I desire a vehicle so I can get back and forth to work, go to church, uh, 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 grocery shopping, and then don't tell him a vehicle. It's a definite request. I got to tell him what kind of vehicle. I got to tell him what kind. Definite request. Well, Lord, I, I, I desire a uh, SUV. But what kind of SUV? He is a specific God. Specific. And the thing that you're asking him for is already yours. Already yours. Those are some prompts I really want to share tonight. I'm, I, uh, I'm not going to have time. Definite requests. SUV. What color? Well, uh, I want a um, I want a red SUV. Okay. Um, what make model? Well, um, I kind of like those uh, uh, the the Mercedes M class. Uh, the Mercedes GL class, I think that's the biggest one. Well, you want red? Yes. What color interior? Well, I want tan interior. Well, you may want black. You want you want gray. I get to guarantee you this right here. Whatever you desire, definitely gray. I guarantee it's there. It's made because he will give you exceedingly abundantly above all you're able to answer or think according to the powers that work on the inside of you. You have to be specific. Specific. Okay, I want this is what I want it up. I want tan interior. I want a uh uh navigational system uh in it. I want uh uh C D player uh in it, a, a six changer, whatever you want. In the back I want the, the television monitors. So when we go on vacation, whatever the case may be, uh uh, uh, uh the family can, you know, watch DVDs, whatever they want to do. So you have to be specific. I want uh, 17-inch, 20-inch rims. You, you Definite requests. Don't tell him about you don't have a car. Don't tell him about you tired of catching the bus. Tell him what you want. Definite requests. You are sons and daughters of the most. I got your heirs and joint heirs with God, Christ. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is who? The Lord's. The earth is who? The Lord's. 
and you are heir of who? God. And a joint heir with who? Christ. Colossians, all things was made by him and for him. And there's nothing that was made that, that was not, I'm quoting two, I'm adding two scriptures here, and I'm talking about John and Colossians. But all things consist because of him. That's Colossians. John said there's nothing that was made that was not made by him. For it's made by who? Christ. You were joined heir with who? Christ. All things were made by him and for him. For who? Christ. Then it was made for you. It is made for you. The earth is the Lord and the what? Fullness thereof. Just like when God told Abraham, I'm giving you Canaan, it basically unfair. Well, why you, uh, you God, you want to give me somebody else's land? Somebody else's land. I'm the one is the creator of the heaven and the earth. I'm the one can give this land to whoever I want to give it to. I'm God. I'm the one that created. So I'm giving you this. Are you getting this? It's yours. Say, my home is mine. You may be challenged with foreclosure at this present time. I guarantee God can reverse it. Know why he can reverse it? Because you could decree and declare a reverse. Because it's yours. Say, it is mine. It is mine. The children of Israel went into Canaan debt-free. When Jesus died on Calvary's cross, ladies and gentlemen, he defeated sin and he defeated death. You know what the definition of the word debt? Look at the word debt in your, in, in, in your Webster's or somewhere. It means sin. Debt means sin. If your sin has been canceled, your debt has been canceled. We just look at it spiritually and not in totality. Now the Holy Spirit has nothing to work with because you don't believe it. And he only can work with what you do believe. If you believe that your sin has been canceled, then uh, he, will, he will manifest that in your life. The cancellation of your sin. If you believe or don't believe, it's still been canceled. Jesus defeated sin. Jesus defeated death. So go ahead and decree and declare, my death is canceled. See, what we want to do, we want to believe when we see. Instead of believing without seeing. Thomas, faith. I won't believe it until I see it. Jesus blesses the man that believes and has not yet seen. You ain't blessed because you see something. You bless because you rejoice and have not seen. That means you're governed by the spirit and not governed by the earth. My debt is canceled. I'm debt free. Go ahead and speak that. If you can describe your vehicle, begin to describe it. Say, God, I just thank you and I praise you. For this Audi, for this BMW, for this Mercedes, for this Rose, uh, 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 whatever kind of car that you, 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 ladies and gentlemen, it's yours. It is yours. It is yours. Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he rose with all authority. He rose with your blessing. He rose with what belongs to you. My time is up. But it's yours. Definite request. And let me share this with you real quick before I get off this line here. Start practicing meditation. Start practicing biblical meditation. Get your prophetic word out. Don't pray it. Meditate on it. Meditate on your word. 
And when I say meditation, I mean you allow the spirit of the living God to, to see you and show you the reality of it. And you see yourself with it. That's what biblical meditation is. It ain't just something spooky. You're seeing yourself obtaining. You're seeing yourself with. You're seeing yourself experiencing the very thing that God has spoken over your life or what God has promised you. So sometimes it's better for you not to pray than to pray when something is vague to you, it's not clear. The Lord is speaking to all of us. So meditate on what God has promised. Meditate with, uh, on what God has said about you. Meditate on what the Word of God says, who you really are. When you begin to see yourself in the light of that thing, you begin to speak it out of your mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, heaven and earth got a bow for the manifestation. Because that's how everything works in the realm of the Spirit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been good being with you uh, today. Look forward to being with you on tomorrow. And uh, Thursday and Friday, come be with us in Margate, Florida. Uh, we'll be there at Rivers of Living Waters there. Looking forward to having a, a powerful time in the Lord. Come expecting. Come expecting. Increase your expectation. Ask the Holy Spirit to enlarge your expectation so he can meet it. If you need an answer from God, put it in there. Don't tell no human being. Don't tell a soul. Just put it in the air. As you tell my congregation this all the time. Put it in the air, and God's going to answer your question that you have in your heart that nobody knows but you and him. That's how it works. And your expectation will put a demand, and God will speak through me and give you the, the very answer that you need. Well, this has been your host, Stotty Jimmy Hill with the Master Key. Once again, it was good being with you. Look forward to being with you on tomorrow, tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Tell your family and friends uh, to be with us on tomorrow. God bless you, love you, and appreciate you. Let's keep one another lifted up in prayer, and let's bleed the best for one another. God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you.